pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny, episode 145. Today I'm going to chat with a popular gentleman who took the AR-15 out of a writer's hands, talk about the ongoing legal battle with Hillary Clinton over her email server, discuss the next bad thing to happen in 2020, and cover Six Hours' next generation squad weapon system. I'm your host, Ava Flanell, and how are you doing today? I am... Very good, ma'am. How are you? <laughs> that sounds really. <laughs> you're like I'm. I'm just great. I'm. I'm awesome. <laughs> I'm sure you're probably exhausted. Just so that listeners know, you're requesting that I don't say your name, which is completely understandable. But we'll get into that more here shortly. Before we do, I'm going to talk about Manicor Arms real quick. Their Eclipse Flash Hider reduces flash to almost non-existent in pitch black darkness. They have them. For as low as $49.95, depending on the size, goes up a little bit more after that. But if you head on over to manicorearms.com, put one in your cart, don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15, and that gets you 15% off. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. I asked you to come on because there's a viral video of you approaching someone with an AR-15 over by a cop car and you are disarming him. And this is during a riot in Minnesota. But before we get into that, I want to know more about you. I've heard that you're a Marine or you were a Marine. Is that true? Yes, ma'am. And uh, it was actually Seattle. Oh, it was Seattle that happened. Oh, okay. For some reason, I was thinking Minnesota. See, there you go. All right. So <laughs> in Seattle, this happened. Are you current military or ex? Prior military. Always okay. a Marine, you know. Uh, Got to make sure to put that out there for everybody. Yeah. That's why it took 40 minutes for you know us to figure out the Zoom well, meeting. <laughs> I was busy with a box of cranes. Okay? <laughs> no, it's cool. I just want to say I, I appreciate you know what you've done and for your service. Were you raised around guns? When did you start shooting guns? I wish I could tell you how old I was when I started shooting guns. Um, I, I had, there's pictures of me as a baby surrounded by antique firearms, and uh, I, I've always been around them. Wow, that's cool. And are you born and raised in Seattle? Mm, no, actually, um, I was born in uh, one of those states that we all would like to change. Oh, and, Cal- uh, California. Guns, but I've, I was raised in Washington. Oh, okay. Okay. So where did you get your training from? I can't, you can't really name one place. I learned firearms from my father. And then I joined the Marine Corps and I learned, you know, the Marine Corps way of firearms. And then uh, through all that, I have multiple other, you know, I've, I've been calling them lately shooting heroes that I have, that I look up to and have learned from that I've never even met. <laughs> And I look at everybody and everyone and, you know, wherever is a course or someone that is running something, I'll pay attention because they're probably going to have one or two or maybe a million things that I don't know. So Mm -hmm. biggest one, definitely. And since I was in the Marine Corps and on through here, like Travis Haley, straight up. I've always wanted to meet the dude. He, when I was instructing in the Marine Corps, his instruction and the videos that he put out was a huge influence and uh, really helped me be able to become a better instructor and diagnose my shooter's issues. 
Okay. So how long have you been an instructor? I think 20, I want to say 2016 or 2015. Um, that's when I got my instructor cert in Marine Corps. And then I got a follow-on search through contracting. Um, and actually a couple months ago, because uh, it benefits me in the you know the private world, uh, NRA, mm-hmm. um, rifle, pistol, shotgun instructor shirts. Okay, and, very nice. Yeah. Explain to listeners exactly what happened, what that viral video is that's circulating. Um, I'll try to be quick. I'm you don't have to be quick. Okay. Um, <laughs> that video everyone's seen is actually the second video or the second rifle that I confiscated from a rioter the first rifle is in the video slung on my shoulder with that first video and second rifle what essentially happened is i had after it's hard to get all the things in order right now yeah i'll start from the first rifle excuse me okay sorry about that i came around i was with the news crew on a corner and uh, i was watching the rioters trash and beat into these police vehicles who were parallel parked on the street and knowing that police usually have a patrol rifle i had a mental note like you know i need to watch this because if they do get in there there might be a firearm in each one so watching that and keeping the security on my news team right on the corner i saw them produce the first guy who ended up becoming a shooter because he, he fired the rifle there's a lot of doubt out there especially with some of the news but yeah he fired the rifle four times wow I got my news crew because they're my job to protect. I put them in a secure position and I told them to stay here. I got a gun. I got to go do this. By the time I was coming back around a corner after getting them to safety, I drew and he was in a, in a clove, in a doorway doing something. I could see like his hand pop out here and there. He was moving, but he had no idea that I was on my way to him. He had no idea anyone was coming towards him at all. And I came around a a small corner very quick and i did exactly the same thing that uh you saw in the second video came at him dropped a weapon dropped a weapon he didn't he was deer in headlights scared and just looked at me dumbfounded and from all the instruction i've done and i was on a marine corps range running 250 people at a time and then last two years i've seen a lot of shooters that don't know what they're doing Mm -hmm. and really really kind of easy to tell like there's kind of their skill level to an extent on Mm -hmm. how they just manipulate the firearm and he didn't have any so i i snatched a weapon right from his hands and uh i turned around and i made my way back and as i was walking back just the same as you saw in that second video i basically i unloaded the firearm cleared the chamber i took a bull carrier group and a charging handle out put in the pocket i made my way found my news crew and then they were on the phone with dispatch already since shots have been fired. And uh, dispatch wanted us on the phone until the firearm was returned. I told them that was not realistic because I had a job to do. And it was a very, very hostile environment, which you know sucks because we're, we're all Americans. Mm-hmm. I came around. I got lucky on that second one. I, I knew that, uh, you know, absolutely. They got one rifle from one car. Probably going to be another rifle in another car. I was standing there on security and a flood of people came from down the street, the direction from uh, where I you know, had taken the uh, rifle from the first shooter. So I had assumed, I was hoping I was right, that the police were coming up the street because dispatch would have told them so I could get this rifle back to them. Mm-hmm. So I told my news crew, wait here, I'm going to go to them 
and they did. They waited there. Not, I didn't get near halfway down the block, but I got right about to where I took the first rifle from the first guy. So it lined me up very well with the vehicles across the street. In one of those videos, you can see me coming literally straight across. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't see any police coming. But what I did see is more rioters pulling a rifle bag out of the back of the vehicle, um, the second police car, and then produce a rifle from it. So when you see in that clip, the news reporter like zooming on, they you literally just missed him picking that rifle up out of the bag. I mean, you saw he was just checking it out, like clearly looking at it like, oh, this is cool. You know, what am I going to do with this? And as he did that, again, I drew my pistol and you saw the video from there, you know. Um, But the annoying thing is where it cuts out is I cleared the weapon and I immediately again started taking it apart, which there's a picture of now, which is a great picture. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even gonna be a little humble about that. that cool. You're like, um, I look so good in that picture. I'm gonna make it a poster. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just glad there was a. It's a super clear in focus. Yeah, there was like a photographer out there. I don't know. It was great. I'm glad they released it. Another point of contention is uh, what was I doing? Some people thought I was stomping someone out behind a vehicle when I moved the potential shooter out of there. I was not doing anything like that. There was a rifle bag on the ground. I know what rifle bags are. I have many of my own. So I wanted to clear that bag, but my left hand was had another rifle in it. My right hand was on my pistol holding security. I had to keep my eyes up, and so I used my foot. I literally, I stomped all around in the bag, kicked it around, moved it, tried to feel for anything hard that could be any kind of firearm or anything dangerous. Once I was satisfied that there was nothing, I made my way out of there. I wanted to get in, get what I needed to do done and get out because I needed to take those apart and get back into the crowd and blend and get out of there. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a really amazing story. And it's really smart to actually take out the firing pin in the bolt carrier group so that if somebody happens to take it from you, it's not going to fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were <laughs> some uh, posts on the internet, you know, why did he drop the mag? Why didn't he use a rifle? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you know, in a gunfight, tactically, it would have been better to use a rifle. I was not in a gunfight. I was trying to avoid anything related to a gunfight. Exactly. I, something happened to me. I didn't want them to get a hold of that. So those magazines, they're lost to the world now. But the bolt carrier group and charging handle in my pockets, there's four pieces they probably don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. with. And uh, the rifles, they were... At first, I intended to keep the upper and lower separate. But uh, that just became unrealistic because I needed my hands. Yeah. Wow. It just goes to show people can train all day long for moments like this where you have to act quick under pressure. And yet I feel like moments like this really define how much training you've actually received versus just you on the range, knowing how to shoot the gun well, okay, change out mags, whatever. But for you to just kind of act in that moment within seconds and even have the courage to take the gun from somebody knowing that they, regardless of how much knowledge they have, they know that if they pull the trigger, it's probably going to go off. That was definitely a pretty courageous moment. And I think that that's why the the video has gone viral because it kind of took a lot of people by surprise. Cause I don't think that there's a lot of people that would actually do that. I hope not. I hope there's people that would do that. You know, I mean, I picked a profession and I hope that others that picked a profession, tried to, you know, you know, would do that. I, uh, 
the first thing that comes to mind is Kaden Wojcik. He's like the to be a volunteer. You know, people don't understand what it is to be a volunteer. You need to seek further on training, and you need to keep going with it. Like you now have taken on a responsibility to know your craft mm-hmm. and. I mean, firearms is my passion from, you know, obviously from pistol all the way to long gun. But I kind of feel like anyone in my position that has, you know, obviously picked that profession to put themselves in in that position Mm -hmm. would do that. And I think the biggest thing that helped me that day that set me up for success that day is I framed my mind for my situation when I had my, you know, hour plus drive to get to the city. I had, you know, gone through, you know, these are Americans. I don't want to hurt Americans. I don't want to hurt anybody, Mm -hmm. but I also don't want them hurting anyone else. And I will insert myself in that situation. But if I can, I'm not going to try and fire because I don't want to hurt someone or possibly ruin someone's life or in someone's life. Yeah. When I saw the situation before me, it was, I've been in this situation before. I've taken plenty of rifles from people's hands that were completely unsafe on the ranges. I've taken and yelled at and stopped plenty of people for doing unsafe acts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So the second that these two got these firearms and they had already committed violent acts and their attitude and their actions have only escalated, you know, there was no de-escalation. I didn't, I didn't have a feeling they were going to suddenly have an epiphany and say, Oh, this is wrong and set everything down, take their mask off. Yeah. That was my frame of mind going into it is I don't want to take life. I don't want to, you know, but I'm going to stop the threat. Even if it's just yelling at them and they freeze up like a deer and I got to tell them, get out of here. Mm -hmm. The four rounds that were shot with the first rifle that you acquired, where were they shooting these rounds? Were they just kind of shooting them up in the air or do you think that they had the intentions to hurt people? Were they shooting them at people or? Um, what happened is there was a bystander who start who saw the firearm that got produced from the uh, police car <clears throat> and he started yelling, clear the block, clear the block, clear the block. And uh, good on that guy. I actually ran into him later that night. He's also the guy that took one of the really fuzzy videos. <laughs> he was a funny dude, but yeah, so they didn't fire into the air. They didn't fire at people. However, they did not make sure that people were clear. So what they fired at were the vehicles and, you know, the building behind it. So when this gentleman started, you know, clear the block and he was doing it pretty loudly, you know, thankfully everyone split and headed down to the sides of the uh, street. If you look in that second video and a couple of the other videos, how people were running away, that's exactly what happened. The first time people split and ran, but, did this guy grab a rifle and decide to shoot and, you know, check everywhere to make sure it was clear and then fire? Absolutely not. Yeah. He put it down on his hip like he thought he was John Rambo, you know, and uh, <laughs> started firing. All right. I'm going to take a quick break real quick. Talk about SB Tactical. Last week, I talked about the Remington 700 and They also have one for the Mossberg 590 Shockwave, very similar. It has that pistol grip. Looks really cool. It could be a little awkward to shoot, especially if you want control over that firearm. So there's two options for braces. There's the 590-SBL and the 590-SBM4. And you guys can check that out at sb-tactical.com and use the code GUNFUNNY15. That will get you 15% off. 
But is it safe to assume that you were there during the riots as security? Yes. You were hired on to protect, I guess, the media? Yes. Okay. When you were there, did it start off as a protest and then quickly (laughs) become a riot? Or did it just kind of start off as a riot to begin with? When I got there, when my news team and I got there, it had already kicked off into a riot. Let me be clear on this. There, at the time, there's rioters and protesters, mm-hmm. right? There were rioters that were already beginning to act violently when I got there. And I want to make sure to make that distinction because there were some people there solely protesting. And now it's the violence. Like last night, I was out. The violence has seemed to be taken control of mm-hmm. by protesters they're keeping the rioters away which that was awesome to see i i was really happy to see that so yeah i don't want to put everything on the true good intentioned uh protesters who just want to make change whatever that change may be but uh yeah it had uh rioters already started when i got there i mean i wasn't there an hour when that happened wow and what are they doing are they just destroying property destroying pop cars or if you want really good footage of that q13 news out of seattle we walked around and it looked like i don't know if anyone plays uh, the game the division or the division two but that is exactly what it looked like through the streets all buildings were broken into buildings were on fire police cars were on fire all kinds of crazy stuff there were looting i've never seen looting like that i was in baghdad and the air quote siege at the beginning of the year this is worse. What's going on in uh, cities all across our country is worse than that. And that's really heartbreaking that Americans are doing that to its own country. Absolutely. What are some of the things that go through your mind when you're walking down the streets and you see all this? I got to imagine it's more than heartbreaking. For me, anytime that I see this stuff on the news, it just makes me lose faith in humanity. Because as you've said, this is happening in our own country. So it's almost it's, like an act of terrorism, like an yeah, internal act of terrorism. That's a, that's a scary thing because as for loose faith in humanity, like I would rather put my faith in Americans than mm-hmm. humanity. Yeah. And I would, I would rather think that we are all striving to be a better society. I have not mentioned this anywhere else because, I mean, it's something I've been working on for years and has honestly in the last two years really been on the backslide. And it stems from conversations I've had with buddies all throughout my career and everything. And I know a lot of people out there have had the same conversation is where's our country going to go? So Mm -hmm. I started uh, writing a book. I got um, several chapters into it. And essentially it is based off of that idea. You know, it's got a plot. I got my characters and all that kind of stuff. But it's based off of that idea to try to set the realism. And what I saw the other night and then what I saw last night were completely different things and it is heartbreaking it's completely terrible and you know you're seeing people they were completely out for themselves they were not protesters who Mm -hmm. are out for true change they're rioters and looters who want to get in these stores and get what they can get whether for themselves or to sell and i I literally watched right in front of my newscast people walking by an an electronic store and checking it out and banging on the glass to see if they can break it because they were looking inside and one walked up to me and he said, why haven't we gotten into here yet? I just looked at him and pointed. I was like, there's a newscast right here, man. There's no presence of mind, you know? Yeah. I got to say, I don't know where you stand, but I like to think that there's absolutely more good than bad in the world. But things like this, wow, just how quickly overnight you'd see so many people taking advantage of the situation. 
and it's just, I don't know. Personally, the first thing that comes to mind is I think I'm just so glad that I don't have kids because what the future holds and the direction that we're going, I am really just, I'm, I'm kind of just not scared just for America, but just the world in general. Yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's another, another side to that. It's uh, a lot of Americans never leave America. A lot of Americans never leave their town, their city or anything. And a lot of Americans are comfortable in the safety that our society and the ones who have gone before have fought and died for. And they never leave the country. They never travel. They never open their mind to gain a better perspective. And that's a, another conversation that's been had a thousand times over within uh, my mine or and our, you know, firearms mm-hmm. types of communities. It's gain perspective, see what's actually out there in the world, and you will realize how good we have it and how much we need to fight for it. We can lose it in one generation. Absolutely. And people just think, oh, this is how it's going to be. This is how it should be. This is, uh, this is what it's always been. Well, no, it, it hasn't always been. You go back 60 years and our entire country was working together to defeat a global enemy. Mm-hmm. And, and now uh, it's it, like the enemy's more internal. Yeah. And you look at any great society throughout history, which history teaches all the lessons we need to know and the present as well. But every great civilization from Khan or all the way up to Caesar and Great Britain to now us crumbled from within. Mm-hmm. And right now we're crumbling. Yeah. What are your thoughts about everything that went on with George Floyd, police brutality, protests, and so forth? And I know it's a very controversial topic. It is. And there's a lot of things I'm on this side and a lot of things I'm on that side because I think understanding of each is very important. Absolutely. What happened with uh, George Floyd was, I think, tragic and it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Absolutely wrong. And the days leading up to the arrest, I think, were handled with a, little, with a lot less care than it should have been. Mm-hmm. However, I also think that people, air quote, honoring and fighting for George Floyd by destroying their cities and their home and trying to hurt people and stealing police firearms and trying to fire them into to the walls or whatever they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. I think that is not honoring. That is completely disrespectful. And I don't honestly about uh, almost hundred percent of the world never heard of George Floyd before this. Mm-hmm. And we don't know who he is or what kind of guy he is, but I would hope to think that he wouldn't want people doing this in his name. I know I certainly wouldn't. Yeah. I think that'd be terrible. I'd be really disheartened and disgraced if people did something like that in my name. And I would, I would hope that be his same thought. I think there's been wrongs on both sides and you know, what do we all learn from when we're a kid is two wrongs don't make a right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I completely agree. I like that people are protesting and they're taking action. I agree. You know, what happened to George Floyd is horrible. It wasn't right. But I think also people just need to step back and realize that there's bad people in every industry. So not just, I don't think all cops are bad. They're not all, you know, racist. Because I know a lot of cops. I'm friends with a lot of local cops and they're really great guys. And they set out, they became a cop to kind of make a difference, change the world, make it a better place. And I think it's just with everything. So I hate that people are just completely anti-cop and they're just assuming that all cops are the same when that's definitely not the case. There's definitely some bad cops out there. 
I oh, remember yeah. I remember getting pulled over and the guy's like, do you have a gun? And I was like, yeah. And it would talk about a total shit show just for getting pulled over from speeding to this guy just treating me like a total criminal. But as far as people taking a stance, you know, like Black Lives Matter and stuff, and I absolutely agree. But I think that people need to take a step back and realize that all lives matter. It's not just the same thing. It's not just African-Americans that are experiencing racism. And it's lots of different people within the United States. Even with the whole coronavirus, there was a lot of internal racism if people were Asian because they look at mm -hmm. it like, oh, your people brought on coronavirus. And it's just completely irrational. But I think that by people just making it all about African-Americans, that it's almost kind of dividing this country and it's creating more hate. People want to stop racism. That's great. I honestly think people are uh, creating the racism more than stopping it right now. I agree. Uh, I've been to plenty of other countries and I've been to other countries where I have experienced racism. And I'm not going to say I've experienced racism on a large scale, mm -hmm. but I have those moments that I did. It was huge. Like they were very, uh, very open and aggressive about it. And as you said, like there's bad and good in every group. I 100% agree. I've said that same thing. I felt that same way for years from different religions, which is a big thing, to different mm -hmm. countries, to uh, different people, tribes, clans, neighborhoods, everything. There is bad and good of all. And they are constantly in conflict and they're constantly trying to justify their actions however they can. People during these protests that I've been uh, been in the last few days are shouting to disarm the police and defund the police and demilitarize the police and saying that CS or tear gas is against the Geneva Convention. There's a huge lack of education, huge lack of knowledge of protocols or standard operating procedures or, or anything. Those CS gas, tear gas, not against the Geneva Convention. Mm -hmm. And they have no idea what they're talking about. You know, mm -hmm. Just little things like that. But those little things draw a line that is very very bright red that they think oh you're crossing this i'm gonna do this you know it's it's escalation of force you're gonna bring however many people well then i gotta bring however many people just to defend it yeah it's it's just sad all the way around and i i hate to see it and that's one thing i'm trying to put into this book i've been slowly working on writing a book i did one i wrote a book in college and because i was an english major and it's not easy. I noticed that eventually all you think about is the book and you almost start living in your book and you're completely <laughs> taken out of society because you're just, all right, well, what should happen next? Or what should I say next? And, or you're in the shower and you're like, oh, that's a really good one. Yeah. I'm going to write that oh, down yeah, in my yeah, book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been, uh, I've been keeping notes and little like scraps of lines of dialogue that come yeah. through. If a sentence sounds just like, oh, you know what? That sounds amazing. I'm yeah. going to write that down. Exactly. I'm going to insert that. Later. Yeah, I've been doing that since middle school and I got a whole stupid like box full of it. And then I got Word documents that like access on my phone, stuff like that. Yeah, 100 percent. And, you know, I spent some time in Afghanistan where I ended up having a lot of free time and it got to the point. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to start. So I just I started writing and I think I busted out like almost 3000 words um, in one sit. Wow. And um it's a huge endeavor. And honestly, it sucks because it's so easy for everything else to take over it. Yeah. Do you kind of have an idea of when you might be finished with the book? Oh, I have I have none. I mean, I 
honestly, I was hoping it would be done by now, but that you know, hope don't float. Mm-hmm. So I, I have no idea. I don't have a name for it. I know the general, I know the plot. I know my characters and uh, I know other characters I am adding into it. And I know, you know, the representation and I'm, and all that. And I've been slowly compiling it, but you know, priorities got to be aligned. Like right now I'm just trying to make rent. So it's like, do I, can I really think about you know, writing a paragraph right now? No, mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta hustle. So, yeah. And you have, but a- I, I, I would, if, Whenever, you know, things line up and things get a little clear and I can sit down and get into it, I would, I would love that. Do some coffee. Sounds like a good time. Right. Definitely. I used to use wine. My (laughs) college professor, he's like, you know, you just got to loosen up a little bit, drink some wine. And then I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. And I would drink wine and I was just, because, you know, you're less, I guess you're less hesitant to put down your thoughts and your thoughts kind of flow a little bit more freely. And actually, believe it or not, my professor wanted me to publish the book, but there was just so many personal things in there and mm-hmm. I would have to go by a fake name and it was just, and I'm God, if my family ever knew that I wrote this and this happened to me, I would just be a little mortified. So I ended yeah, up not yeah. doing it. And I will say, make sure that you save this on more than just one disc. Cause I had it on a USB drive and that stupid USB drive, it was connected to my computer. My computer fell and the USB drive broke. So oh. don't just keep it saved on just one hard drive. Oh, I, uh, I definitely have several backups. And actually, I had a not a, an editor look at it, and he wrote me up a review on what he thought of it, what I had so far. And he gave me really, really good review on it. And he's like, you absolutely need to pursue this. My wife, she to drink wine and she's a you know when we got we got married in uh italy so we she had plenty of wine from central all the way up to northern italy the whole way and she loved every bit of it but me i don't i don't drink at all i never have so it's me tapping into all that without any kind of vice or anything yeah so that i think makes not doesn't make it more real per se but it's a little harder to tap into it yeah when, i completely understand when did you realize that the video of you taking the AR was going viral? Um, <laughs> so I had my phone in my pocket because I was in communication with the other teams and everything. So it was on vibrate and I knew I was going to, if something happened, I needed to contact anyone. I needed to be able to know if they were contacting me. When I realized that it had gone viral, to keep in communication with my team, I had my phone so I'd be able to know if my phone was ringing or just a message and when things were going on your mind's racing so fast and weird thoughts or during high stress situations your mind's racing so fast sometimes random stuff slips in that does not need to be there but I mean there's science behind that one of the thoughts that slipped in there was there's phones everywhere this is probably going to be all over the internet I didn't think viral at all but i was like this is definitely going on the internet and then within about 15 minutes i got a call from my boss and i was making my way to the police with the firearms he's like you know you're all over the news right and i was like yeah i figured but i'm working and he's like is that your rifle the first thing he assumed was because he saw me on the news he asked me is that your rifle why did you take your rifle because he knows i'm a good guy i was like i did not bring my rifle this is a police (laughs) rifle boss um trying to return them. I got to go. And I just kind of chuckled to get off the phone. And 
then my phone right after that all day did not stop. Was it mostly your friends? Dude, I saw you on the news or I saw you on Instagram or. Yeah, it was friends and family blowing up my phone, you know. That's funny. People from the Marine Corps that I haven't heard from forever, you know, they see something like that happen. They want to be like, yeah, dude, I saw that. And I knew that guy. I went to battle with him. <laughs> I yeah, shared, pretty much. I shared a bunk bed with him. <laughs> I'm not that kind of person that reaches out because someone did something like get on you. But if we weren't talking, there was probably. Yeah, I hear you. People are probably all coming out of the woodworks. Yeah, which is just shitty. Yeah, but, it um, is. It is. Try to think the best, but I'm definitely aware of what's happening. Yeah, so that was happening. And then what, Then when my Instagram got leaked, it's it's been nonstop. I went from maybe 200 people on that Instagram, maybe mm-hmm. on Saturday morning. I just broke 20,000 this morning. Wow. Do you want to share your Instagram account with listeners? Um, yeah, I mean, it's out there. It's uh, underscore shooter, underscore Rugi, underscore uh, Rugi, R-U-G-H-I. Okay. Um, Perfect. And since people found your Instagram, have you received any negativity for doing what you did? The only negativity that has reached my Instagram has been in my comments, and it's been from people misunderstanding or not understanding at all what happened and basically doing the whole armchair warrior keyboard commando thing yeah but i have been just i want to say this real quick i have been so deep into the messages and trying to get back to everybody because i'm that kind of guy that if i have a message or notification i need to clear it i need to you know i Mm -hmm. need to do and so this is it's terrible (laughs) you're like it's keeping me up at (laughs) night terrible in a good way (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I'm working through that. And then, you know, the comment section, uh, as Rambam says, is crazy. And there's a whole world of things going on because I got friends that are in contact with me like, dude, your comments are going nuts right now. One of the videos that I of a reaction to everything that I did, is, I think it has over nine. Last I looked, like middle of the day yesterday, I had over 90,000 views. That was just on my page. Wow. And, you know, not everyone else's because it's been shared. I have. The stories, you know, it gives you a little counter of how many, how many, many views of the stories. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's at ninety nine plus. Like, Dang, oh. that's crazy. So yeah. I noticed on your Instagram that you mentioned that you wanted to start a business. What is that business? I was literally just starting. I just made the prototype last week. I just talked to a mentor and good friend of mine that uh, owns Feed Me Fight Me, and he's going to let me use his infrastructure to set this up. And then this kicked off. So I know that the timing seems like I'm being opportunistic and I kind of have to be, but exactly. Yeah. I was, I was trying to do this beforehand. Um, There's products like it out on the market, but nothing like how I'm trying to do. I'm trying to streamline it, customize it and do it. So it's more applicable to all long range precision firearms, whether it be competition shooters and especially the military and law enforcement community, because that's what I'm trying to gear it towards. Mm -hmm. As for what it is exactly, I don't want to, I haven't put it out there yet. I'm going to, yeah keep that one to myself but i'm i'm working on getting the business started and i need to get all the uh, official stuff done before i can get more of these products made because i i was trying to go down to joann's and get fabric but uh, they're shut down right now Uh, (laughs) so i'm trying to get that going i'm and i got a few other things in the future that i think would be good for it 
but now with everything that's happening, I'm getting advice from really not just influential, but very intelligent people. And you as well just said it a little bit ago. Yeah. Training. So people don't know, but the internet connection wasn't great. But I mentioned, I was, yeah, I saw you were starting a business. And I'm like, is it training? And you're like, uh, no. And I'm like, why not? You should be doing training. There's probably so many people now lined up that are like, wow, this guy's legit. Because I think people, and even myself, I'm a firearms instructor, but I teach most of the basic stuff. And I think that that's important also as instructors kind of knowing where they sit and where their strong points are. And for me, it's I'm not trying to do tactical stuff. I'm not military law enforcement. But I think that seeing somebody act under pressure in that circumstance says a lot about that person. And I think that that would make you an excellent instructor in order to relay exactly like what goes to your mind, how you have to act, how you have so many seconds to make a decision. And so I think that that's something that you should definitely pursue. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's very humbling. I really appreciate that. Um, well, I just know because people can plan all day long, but really how they act after all of the training and a lot of people just they'll take one class and they're like, all right, I'm set. I can definitely people don't realize when you're under pressure, you're in panic mode, you're shaking, your mind goes blank and I've heard that you go back to your lowest form of training, whether that's true or not, but it's really important to constantly practice so that it's just kind of, it, it kicks in kind of like, I mean, I hate the term muscle memory, but you just sort of react without having to think too much about it. And uh, you've been in that situation. So I, I would assume that you would make an excellent instructor. You know, honestly, uh, I love instructing and I am a very intuitive person and that is one thing that helped me out this last Saturday was I was able to pick up on their you know their mannerisms and their body language and deduce what kind of headspace they were in it mm -hmm. within moments and uh, honestly that whole thing kind of pisses off my wife because she can't hide anything um, <laughs> and I use that as an instructor and I can so they say you can't you know I can't get down and see for you and sideline for you and I can't pull the trigger for you but you know, with uh, with a strong intuition, you can really tap into their their movements and their body language and the words and their tones and inflection, mm -hmm. and get into their headspace. So, I mean, I use that. I love it. But I was actually one reason why that I'm trying to do this business is to step away from instruction, mm -hmm. because I'll be real. There's been one other time that I've had my firearm trained on someone over in Afghanistan, but nothing came of it. Nothing like nothing even close to what happened here, but I haven't been in a, in a gunfight ever. Mm -hmm. I've not once fired around at someone and I am more than prepared to do so, but I'm glad I haven't. Mm -hmm. uh, so I feel like I don't have any, and this definitely comes from just the Marine grunt and knowing that uh, there's SF out there and guys like that that have done amazing things that are unheard of throughout uh, our world and should remain so. They have the validation. I've always felt like I don't, even though like I, as a you know firearms instructor, yeah, but tactics and stuff like that, no. But I got pointed out to me that now I have my validation in that you know like ten seconds. And now people are saying, you know, like you said, it should be training. And then someone else mentioned and a very smart girl, uh, Nine Dolls. She's a precision rifle competitor. She mm -hmm. is amazing. Good on your race. She's told me, like, you should do a gray man line. Um, because what I was doing, I was, and that was my intent. 
going into that day and then uh you know the following days in the city is gray man blend in mm-hmm. don't want who i am and what i'm doing until it, it needs to be done yeah well and the and, fact uh, that you're bald have a beard you know you look like a lot of typical americans out there <laughs> yeah yeah and so, like that works in your favor too <laughs> yeah and i went into that day with many layers on underneath my sweatshirt in case i did need to drop them and change my appearance mm-hmm. and i case I needed to cover my face after something you know and I did all that I did what I had learned not just from training the Marine Corps because Marine Corps doesn't really teach you know, well my level of Marine Corps doesn't teach that just research gray man theory gray man whatever you want to look at videos and you know really take it in and do those little things that man I don't need to do that people say you know it's easy to dismiss that's not going to make a big difference but those little things do make yeah I was recognized after I turned in those rifles by rioters and protesters and they were coming after me and they stopped coming after me when I put my hood up and put a mask on. Yeah. Those will make a big difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I think you should consider adding to your, your courses and teaching because I would definitely take your class. So I think it's something <laughs> you should strongly consider. And I think that if people are interested in taking up training with you, they should be able to maybe contact you on Instagram. Yeah, um, I would say definitely contact me on Instagram. Give me a little time to get to you. My box is, it's flooded. It's like Noah's Ark flooded in there. (laughs) Um, And here I am pimping you out. I'm like, yeah, guys, he's available for for training, whether he wants to do it or not. He's going to be an excellent (laughs) instructor. (laughs) My long-term plan is not to instruct that's yeah. my, this this business is the beginning the middle part of my my plan is i'll be instructing again but with others like a lot of others if it works out right mm-hmm. and then the long-term end goal is i'm hosting i'm hosting those dudes i look up to i'm hosting my firearms and shooting heroes and definitely like that. tactical group everything like that to me would be like Hell yeah, man. That that would be great. Yeah. So is it safe to assume that that's your future plan? Oh, yeah. And it has been for some time. I, me and, uh, you know, my my family, my wife, my brothers and everything, we have been trying to work towards that. But uh, this, times are hard right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to get the money where I can and pay bills. But hopefully I'm trying to turn this into something good that will build my and my family's dream of doing this because they're they're 100 behind me and they aligned with me so Excellent. more than more than thankful for that yeah and what if somebody just wants to support you just for being awesome like have you considered maybe starting like a gofundme or anything like that or even just a paypal account or anything like that if somebody just wants to i don't know make a donation just for you being an awesome I have individual. Not that. I mean, I because I know up. I know times are tough right now, and some people are doing better than others, and I'm sure that there's a lot of people that would like to support you. So I would almost, I don't know. I mean, do you have do you have any accounts like such as PayPal set up if somebody wanted to make a donation? No, I mean, I all the every bit of money that I get or anything is money I've earned and I was raised to work for it. You know, I have not even once thought of people donating anything to me or anything like that. Like that whole notion is completely alien to me. I made a GoFundMe once sarcastically mm-hmm. and it was shut down. Um, <laughs> well, what was it what was it for? 
me and my wife, we were bickering back and forth at each other playfully and everything. And I was like, I'm going to start a GoFundMe just so uh, to get me more guns, you know, I'm going to see it. <laughs> and it was shut down within 15 minutes because they don't support firearms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess I lost that argument. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> but no, I mean, something like that. I, I really don't feel like there's anyone out there that would want to donate me money. I did a thing and it was a thing I think others would have have done or i hope would have done so i i really don't think people i mean would, would donate to it i, can't I don't know just... i think that they would so i would consider it i'm sure if people wanted to make a donation or something they could also inbox you on your instagram and i'll just leave it at that moving forward i'm gonna talk about iwi real quick so guys i'm still giving away a masada pistol if you want to enter that giveaway just head on over to gun funny podcast on instagram that's at Gun Funny Podcast, all one word, no underscores or anything like that. Find the original post where you'll see the Masada pistol blown deadline did an excellent black multicam Cerakote job on it. You'll see where the guidelines are to enter and the winner will be announced the evening of June 12th. And I'm going to be going live on Instagram. I'm using random.org, I think it's called. So you know that I'm not just choosing somebody that I like. It's going to be completely random. And I'm going live just to show that I will be doing that. So everything is going to be fair. So head on over to, as I said, at Gun Funny Podcast on Instagram. In the meantime, check out the Masada Pistol. It's a freaking awesome gun. I have uh, a review on my YouTube page about it. You can check it out by going to iwi.us. And if you use the code GUNFUNNY15, you will get 15% off all accessories. All right, now moving on to Political AF. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Appeals court moles making Hillary Clinton testify on emails. So there's been a longstanding legal battle uh, with Washington, D.C., the appeals court right now. Uh, it's being completely ignored by mainstream media with everything going on, which is, hmm, that's convenient, you know. Basically, the court battle involves a Freedom of Information Act request regarding Hillary Clinton's use of private email server and the information contained on it. So this is implications not only surrounding the events leading up to and after Americans were killed in Benghazi, but also with events leading up to 2016 election and the connections of the Clinton campaign funding a dozer used to spy on the Trump campaign and subsequently proving to be a fabrication. Hillary Clinton has previously been ordered to testify in March to the court, not in a written statement as she did previously. However, a legal ploy that was filed had to be heard first. So the hearing spent 1.5 hours discussing an obscure legal mechanism known as mandamus in a bid to prevent her from having to testify in person. And for those who don't know what a mandamus is, it is a process that can be used to force a judge's hand when an ordinary appeal isn't available for some reason. Mandamus is an extreme measure and it's rarely granted. Right now, it's currently a mandamus is currently being considered to drop the case against Mike Flynn, who pled guilty to false statements to the FBI, although FBI documents later revealed that he was, in fact, telling the truth. No decision on the bid for mandamus has been reached yet as far as Hillary Clinton. It has been acknowledged that the emails that had been erased were recovered, but have yet to be released. Additionally, hearings are ongoing into how parts of Russia's 
collusion investigation continued to receive approval in FISA courts in spite of direct evidence that the evidence used to justify the investigation were proven false. So while all of this is going on, it just goes to show that the world is distracted by coronavirus, riots. It's all, in my my opinion, it's all political maneuvering, which is done behind closed doors and does not get brought into the public eye. So we'll see what happens to that. But my guess is, honestly, I don't think anything is going to happen to her, unfortunately. I actually just watched the Netflix series. What is it? Jeffrey Epstein. And have you seen that? Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah, they did a, a documentary on him. Oh, uh, I saw I saw I the documentary release, but I haven't seen it. I've been so slammed. Yeah, well, I finally just sat down yesterday and watched it. And man, it's just, again, it's just really disheartening to see that even the legal system is just so flawed. And whoever has the most power can kind of alter the laws in order to benefit them. Unfortunately, as much as I want to see Hillary Clinton go down because I can't stand that woman, I don't think that anything's going to happen, but you never know. But in the meantime, keep an eye out. Make sure that you're paying attention to other things that are going on, not just what, you know, the media wants you to pay attention to. Moving forward, Sharps Bros. So John Sharps, he just released a prototype of a new AR-style grip for precision rifle shooters. So this might be right up your alley because I saw that you do precision rifle. Um, It's called the... It's called Say that the, again. I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, he just he just released it, and it's called the T O R, which is thumb on right grip, and it's made from nylon twelve. It's an incredibly strong, lightweight polymer that is both abrasion and chemical resistant. And the purpose of the design is to eliminate sympathetic muscle movement of the thumb when wrapped around a normal grip when you squeeze Absolutely. the trigger, which could, you know, if you're shooting long distance, it could alter the accuracy by quite a bit. The prototype grip is on sale right now at sharpsbros.com for $69.95. Now it's time for some Q&A. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's question is, what do you think the next bad thing in 2020 will be? (laughs) And I almost hate to even answer this to jinx us, but let's be honest, we're only six months into 2020 and I can't even make this shit up that's happened. It's just like one bad thing after another and I'm ready for 2021. I don't know about you, but it's been nothing but freaking crazy. So I don't know what the next bad thing. Honestly, if you said aliens were going to come visit, I'd be like, all right, yep, I believe it. Cool. How do we welcome them? (laughs) I saw a man in a tinfoil hat last night. It's coming. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's great. Did you take a picture? <laughs> no, but I'm pretty sure the news crew got it. <laughs> I mean, at this point, all you have to do is say it and people are like, yeah, I believe it. No picture necessary. That, yeah, pretty much. I don't know. Gosh, what could... I mean, I can't even... Things that just seem so uncomprehendable at this point, I would believe. If people said that the end of the world is coming and we have five days left, I would believe it at this point because I don't think that I've ever lived a year where it's been one thing after another, just horrible things that you never thought that you would see in your lifetime. I agree. Has 2020 been pretty bad for you as well? Uh, Well, I mean, I started up 2020 in Baghdad. So, I mean, everything going on there at that time, if you guys remember, which I would not blame you if you don't. because of everything going on and then i got home and then covid 
and that hit hard, you know, for everyone, not just me, but for mm-hmm. everyone. And then uh, Murder Hornets here in Washington. But that's at that <laughs> point, that's like have, uh, nobody's even talking about those Murder Hornets. Actually, no, and it's sad because honestly, I was kind of looking forward to the little guys. Me too, especially with the invasion right. of moths that I've been having. Where the hell are the Murder Hornets? I could use them right now. <laughs> Honestly, the memes that it produces is probably the best thing. Little honeybees storing up the toilet paper. Oh, right. Um, yeah, 2020 has been a uh, it's been a wild ride, and I think going on from here, and hopefully, hopefully, our country and the people of our country and its citizens will try to do better. Yeah. Um, well, do, although do, I find do. it weird that nobody's talking about coronavirus now. Now it's all about protests riots and suddenly it's oh well we went from you know being six feet apart to now everyone's just like in a huge crowd and nobody's concerned that people are gonna spread the virus which just makes me totally think that maybe this virus really wasn't as bad as everyone made it out to be initially but who knows yeah I, uh... <laughs> I think well you know I'm not very good at remember the names and dates and everything of people, but I do know that the narrative that is put out on all kinds of different things and all kinds of different events that go on, it's always misconstrued and twisted to whatever organization or individuals wants and needs are. Mm -hmm. And that is something that has always peeved me very much. So through all this, I am seeking to be very clear on information that I put out there and not and separate that from my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so things that happened over in Baghdad and everything, what I saw on the news, it was completely different. And that is absolutely definitely going to be true with COVID and Corona. And I don't think the information has been correct all the way around. So. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It just depends on what everyone's motive is. Moving forward, Polymer 80. So if you guys haven't checked out the PF9SS, it's the single stack frame kit. It's compatible with Glock 43 components and it's available for $140, but you're not going to pay that because you're going to use the code GUNFUNNY that gets you 15% off. And that is at Palmer80.com. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. So Sig Sauer recently announced the recent delivery of the Next Generation Squad Weapon System. And it's for the U.S. Army consisting of lightweight, high-performance 6.8-millimeter hybrid ammunition, lightweight machine guns, rifles, and suppressors. And all of those are compatible with 6.8-millimeter cartridge. They also said that the NGSW system is designed and manufactured entirely by SIG in the U.S., The ammo, if you're not familiar with it, it's also referred to as the 277 Fury, in which it's available with the SIG cross rifle. And if you guys follow me on Instagram or on YouTube, I had the opportunity to shoot the SIG cross rifle at SIG's range day in January. And I also interviewed a few people about the cartridge. And if I remember, I don't know exact specifics, but it was pretty expensive round. I want to say for like 20 rounds, it was 60 bucks or something, maybe even a little more than that. But they were saying as the military adopts more 
systems that revolve around this cartridge that it might drive the price down. Maybe some other companies might jump on board and create the cartridge. But even if it was $40 per 20 rounds, I guess that would be kind of okay, but it still seems kind of expensive. But this cartridge does have some pros. The 6.8 millimeter has an 80,000 PSI of chamber pressure compared to the traditional 308, which is 60,000 PSI. It's a hybrid ammunition. It's called the hybrid because of the two-part case design, which has a steel base allowing it to withstand much higher pressure, which delivers high velocity from a shorter barrel length um, than a traditional cartridge. So there are pros and cons. And I mean, it's kind of cool that they came out with basically an entire line and kind of excited to see how it does and how the military likes that. And then trigger brews. So guys, if you don't know by now, you can go on triggerbrew.com and there is a subscribe and save feature. So if you want to do that, you can save even more, but also don't forget to use the code gunfunny, which will get you 20% off on top of everything else. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. In previous episodes, I talked about how coronavirus is really dampening people's sex lives and dating lives. Well, now having sex with someone that you don't live with is now illegal in Britain. <laughs> so if, you know, if things can't get worse, they just did. Brits have been banned from having sex with anyone outside of their household under new coronavirus lockdown legislation. Officials on Monday introduced new measures that ban people in England from socializing indoors with anyone not already in their household bubble. So up until Monday, the person visiting another person's house would have been the one in breach of lockdown rules, but now both parties could get prosecuted. And this is under the new amendment, uh, the Health Protection Regulations 2020 bill. So it says no person may, without reasonable excuse, stay overnight any place other than the place where they are living. And I don't know, it's just so freaking crazy. I mean, I guess it makes sense if you're trying to avoid anybody contacting the other, but I don't know. Do you think that people are going to really abide by the law? No. <laughs> are you I just, kidding me? I mean, yeah, I don't think. It's also, well, how are people really going to know? Are they going knocking well, door to yeah. door? And you got to think, this the country just created something. They just created a new fetus oh, we're going to go have sex at random places. We don't live together. We have the possibility of getting caught. And it's you know not just getting caught, it's getting in trouble. People are going to get off on that. No. Right? No <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I didn't even think about that because, well, I'm fairly normal. But way to bring that up. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> People are going to totally get off on the fact that there's a potential to get in trouble. It's just so stupid, all the things that come out of this. And it's the more rules I would assume it's kind of like growing up. If you ever had that friend that their parents were super strict and then those kids ended up being like the worst kids in school or when they went to college, they completely flunked out of college because they finally didn't have those restrictions and they had no idea how to handle the freedom and they just went freaking nuts. So oh, yeah. who knows? Who knows what this is going to start? All right. Triarch Systems. So Triarch Systems, they also have an extensive parts catalog to order from, aside from all of their cool guns that they offer. It includes tons of popular optics, some of which are hard to find in stock in other places. They also have AR parts, slings, gloves, IR lasers, armor, you name it, 
They have it. Check it out at triarchsystems.com. Don't forget to use the code AVA, A-V-A, for 5% off. Now it's time for iTunes reviews. So guys, if you haven't left an iTunes reviews, you know the drill. If you have an iPhone, it's super easy. Just go to the uh, podcast app, search Gun Funny, and scroll down. You'll see where it says reviews and add your review. And then you have the opportunity to win something very cool. First review is Poetry on Cracker 5 Stars. Don't miss this show ever. This show quality is top shelf. The information is useful in real life and always interesting guests. Second is Bobby P five stars. Awesome podcast. Have been listening since the beginning and Ava has brought the show a long way. Tactical tickles might have met her match against spec ops snack pack. Just kidding. Snack pack doesn't like confrontation. So Bobby is actually a Patreon and he's always posting pictures of his dog snack pack, who is actually pretty fucking cute, but not as cute as tickles. And yeah, would definitely not stand a chance up against tickles. And if you're wondering, tickles is my dog. So out of those two, I want you to pick a winner. So the first or the second person. Uh, I'm, whoa, wait, I'm picking? Yeah. Say the names again? I, I was not expecting that. You could just say the first or the second. Poetry on Cracker or Bobby P. Man, if I say one, the other's going to hate me. Pretty uh, much, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? The first thing that came to mind, I'm just going to go with my instinct. Poetry on a Cracker is such a unique name. <laughs> All right, Poetry and a Cracker, contact me, and I'm going to send you out that prize pack. And now it is time to wrap up. Guys, find me at gunfunny.com. If you want to support the show, consider becoming a Patreon. You can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash gunfunny. You get access to the Facebook group. Uh, It's for patrons only. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of good people in there. Also, Blown Deadlines giving away a $300 gift certificate every month to a lucky Patreon. So if that's not more of a reason to join, I also want to thank the $25 patrons. And those are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Ryan Morrison, Elliot and Mike Pappas, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, and Daniel Treadwell. King of the Patreons is still Jon Snow. He wants me to say, Operator Tickles, one shot down an enemy fighter plane by barking. That's right. Operator Tickles is kind of a badass. And once again, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I know your schedule is super busy, so I I really appreciate you taking an hour, actually more because it took some time to set up Zoom. So I really appreciate you spending all this time with me because I know you're busy. And I just wanted to personally thank you for everything that you've done. I really respect what you're doing and I guarantee you make an excellent instructor. So I think that you should take up a few people that might be interested in getting training from you. And once again, just remind people where they can find you on Instagram. You can find me on uh, underscore shooter, underscore Rugi, underscore um, Rugi, R-U-G-H-I. All right, guys. So go ahead and give him a follow. And on that note, we are out of here. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.